Hello, this podcast is sponsored by Now Alchemy. Now Alchemy is an amazing company that has formulated the most powerful substance in our body that was taken way back in the Egyptian era known as the food of the gods. Not only does it bring in balance, happiness, and increase your intuition, it decalcifies your pineal gland, which opens up your third eye and increases your light body, allowing your consciousness and your awareness to be open and aware of everything that is going on. The high-level mineral source, which we need today on our planet, is so important. With the fact that the earth itself has been overturned so many times with all of the farming industries, that we do not have access to the rich ormus that is available in this planet. And thanks to now alchemy, we do. We now have the sustenance that our body needs that is brought in from the Himalayan mountains and the Dead Sea. Ormus, which is powerful energy source that moves through your body and brings together a whole synthesis of information to every part of your body. By bringing this mineral source, you are nourishing your body at a cellular level. I love the company for what it stands for and its ethics. And it has been a sponsor of Ancient Wisdom Today podcast since the beginning. And that's why I always ask the tribe to support the sponsors who are sponsoring this show because I go through each of the sponsors with strong ethics and integrity to make sure that whatever they are bringing forth is in align to the planet and into you and for all of us so that we can grow and have health and wellness in our lives. Ormus's company spends a lot of time with advanced scientists, naturopaths, and doctors and herbalists to formulate a sourcing technique that brings in the highest quality of organic ingredients from the most mysterious and desolate countries in order to bring the magic in the bottle, which is Ormus. Now alchemy is not just for health and wellness community, but for all people seeking to become their greatest version of themselves. And I've been taking this product for many months, and it has been such an addition to my shamanic love that I bring to the world. And how I bring love into the lives of people is by keeping myself healthy and happy and lifted and shifted. By bringing the highest source of minerals in my body, I am able to hold a high vibration of energy and light when doing healing work or when I'm speaking to large groups of people and when I'm here lit and doing Ancient Wisdom Today podcasts. So I invite you to experience the amazingness of Ormus. They have so many powerful selections that you can choose from, from 24 karat gold Ormus to Shilajit to nano-enhanced CBD to Elysium, each bringing a different blend of energy to your body. And I honestly say, that this company is really changing the lives of people. Ever since I've mentioned them and shared them with all of the people in the tribe, I've been getting letters and letters of people's lives that have been changing. And not to mention the fact that those who have had suffered so many times from PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, depression, confusion, fog brain, and all of these other symptoms that have been plaguing us because of the onslaught of aggressive energies on our planet, By taking Ormus, these things are cleared, neutralized, and allowing you to have more balance and groundedness in who you are, as well as enhancing your mind so that you're able to think clearly and have a stronger focus. You can get Ormus by contacting www.nowalchemy.com. 
www.nowalchemy.com. That's www.nowalchemy.com. And if you use the code SHAMAN, you'll get 11% off every purchase you make. I'm so happy, tribe, that we are putting beautiful things in our body because putting beautiful things in our body is putting beautiful things in our mind and our spirit. And that allows us to shine and radiate our truth in this world as leaders. I love you. Enjoy the share. Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek is a sixth-generation shaman, an evolutionary innovator, and a women's empowerment leader. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. We're sharing ancient knowledge in modern times in order to put the power back in people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. Hello, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today, and I love you, tribe. We are rocking it, socking it, smashing it. We are on a whole lit level of riding this lit train and making success in everything we do. I mean, literally, we have the the touch of gold in everything we do because our tribe is so about thriving and just being the best that we can be all the time, every time. And I love that about all of us. So if anyone hasn't told you today how much they love you, let me be the first. I am so happy with everyone. I've been getting all the letters that have been coming in from all over the world and how your lives have been changing, how prosperity has been happening, and how you've just been feeling completely on top of the world. And you know, that's what it's about. So I'm so happy that we're able to step into that place together, see each other in the same place together, holding hands as leaders of legacy, right? Because that's what we represent, right? It's bigger than us. When we step into that place of leadership, we're stepping in leadership for other people to come into their leadership so we can all lead the message of love forward. And that's really what it's about. So I'm really happy that you're here for today's share. And I have an amazing share today. And I'm really excited to have because the amazing, powerful woman, goddess, queen, priestess, (laughs) you know, is in the studio with me right now. And she's a dear longtime friend of mine, not just in this lifetime, because we've been friends for a very long time in this lifetime, but in other lifetimes as well. And we're going to talk about energy and magic and sorcery and like whenever we're talking about creating an understanding of those levels of energies, that this is what she possesses. And this is where the world she walks in. And this is the place where she resides in. So it's wonderful to have her. And she is the author of Sisters of Darkness, The Chronicles of a Modern Exorcist. And let me tell you, uh, she's amazing. I've been friends with her. We've done magic together. We've done rituals together. And she's the real deal. So I'm happy to have her in studio with us. Hello, Rachel. Hi, I'm so excited to be here sharing space with you. Uh, The Rachel's... Davis (laughs) Davis <laughs> is in the studio right now. Woo! And this is so amazing. Okay. Let me just get myself comfortable because we're about to dig in. I know. So tell me about this book, Sister of Darkness, The Chronicles of a Modern Exorcist. So basically, I had been approached by my fantastic uh, management agent team at the time. And uh, they kind of were like, my book agent also, side note, 
is amazing. Her name is Ifat. She's at Foundry. She's so good. And she she was like, I really just want to share the story of, you know, you kind of, for lack of better terms, like hiding all of these things about you that were crazy. Mm-hmm, <laughs> you mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That people think are crazy for so long and trying to live this kind of more normal life, which, you know, I write. I write for film and television, so maybe that's not very normal, but, you know, as normal as I could be. Right. Uh, and then finally just making that decision to embrace the the spiritual things about myself and be open and public about it. Uh, and so that's kind of where this this first book came from, you know? So would you say that this book is uh, you as this powerful sorceress coming out of the closet? <laughs> it's coming out of the broom closet time. Yeah. <laughs> the broom was probably already out of the closet. I mean, my broom's been out a long time, <laughs> yeah. let's be honest. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I think all the witchery stuff was already out. You're just we were like out sitting there. there looking at everybody from inside the closet. <laughs> but I wasn't, you know, I was okay talking about it I mean, to a certain extent, right, with people I cared about who I knew were, you know, weird like me and different in everybody's own way. But I was not, I was not public about it. I mean, that's one thing that even for a long time after when I started doing the work, I was still not public about it. So it's kind of been a journey to be okay with everyone knowing that kind of business. Right, right, (laughs) right, right. But I think on some level, I mean, those of us like shamans and mystics and other witches and you know other warlocks and other beings who live in the world of magic that we live in 24 hours a day 7 days a week sure. you were public to us we saw you but not public to the world that we've been told to you know i mean cuz i i i you know we, i think we've had these talks in the past it's like because of the things that have happened to us in our other lifetimes you know being burned at the stake and you know and <laughs> and hunted because we had these powers that have succeeded many lifetimes and then to come into this time where everyone is you know, for lack of a better word, not educated enough on the understandings of what magic is, what sorcery is, what what conjuring is, right? right. And uh, so I think that there's a point too, because you have to live in the Western world, right? Whatever that means. And be able to maintain your life, pay your bills, deal with all of these, you know, these these basic survival skills that we have to to uh, to to master so that we can live the life we want to live, right? Uh, and also still be this powerful witch who is like, kind of like, uh, how do we say? Tiptoeing at night under the moon without anyone speci- uh, knowing it, right? <laughs> right, and it's it's true when you have uh, you know gone through those past life events, which a lot of people have in different ways, really traumatic past life events, and then coming into this world, I like to think you know with with all of that five D understanding, with all of that spiritual understanding, all of your gifts, all of the things you know, being able to speak to your deceased loved ones and spirit guides, and all the things that all people come in with. And then having the 3D elements of this world teach you that that's not real. And then having to go through an awakening process where you are like, wait a minute, those things are not real. (laughs) So now we have to unlearn all of these concrete 3D things that we've been taught to go back to our natural selves. So it's a process. Yeah, it is a process. It's a journey. Yeah. I, I definitely can understand that and see that if you, I mean, everyone has gifts, you know, that's what I always talk to about the tribe, that everyone has gifts in the tribe who are, who are here in the circle right now, gathering and listening to us. 
They all have gifts, but they've also been told that it's not real. They're crazy. They're making it up. So I, I mean, a lot of times when I'm teaching people how to tap into their gifts, the first thing they always go to is, is this real? Of course. Oh my gosh. And how about the times when people say, well, it sounds like my thought. I dismiss it. It sounds like my thought. It's like, that's the first way that spirit's going to communicate with you is through that. Listen, you have to trust. You just have to trust it. And it's so hard for people to learn how to trust. Mm. And then, you know, surrender on top of that. Can we go into that a little bit more? Like, wh- what do you think is the is the issue that people don't go to trust, but then they trust everything else that's told to them? Like, they're trusting the fact that, you know, there is a second coming of Christ coming out of the sky and that, you know, these other things exist. They, they choose to trust without any facts, without any true uh, experience of the truth of that but they just blindly trust it, but they don't trust in their own power. What do you think that's about? I think there's a couple of things. So one of the things I think that's about is what you're taught as a child, because you're taught by adults and you're passed these stories down and here, don't you know, when you should cross the street and when you shouldn't and all of these parameters of things and those stories as well. And you're taught that and you believe as a child that adults know everything. So you take it as a gospel. It becomes a fact. And then you become an adult and you're like, oh, hell, I don't know anything. Those people didn't know anything. They were <laughs> teaching me this shit. You know what I mean? This is how you die. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. Like, <laughs> you're just like, what the hell were these people? They were just making this shit up as they went. Right. Basically. And so that's when you start to question things, right? And then the other thing I think too is that people... And I mean, I'm sure you know, you have seen this a thousand times, a hundred thousand times, that people are walking around this earth with a very deep, deep sense of unworthiness. And, you know, that's from so many things, from society, from, from abuse, from, you know, just not, not stepping into that power, being, uh, accepting what you've been told, a lot of these kinds of things. But I think when you walk around with a sense of unworthiness, you want to put that power somewhere else. Because you don't believe you deserve it. You don't believe it's in there. You don't believe it's real. So you don't walk into that path. So it's unfortunate. Because if more people realize that spirit and you are aligned, and when you push that misalignment out, you realize how strong you are and how you really can create everything around you. You really can. Mm. So when did you feel that was your moment like, because I know a lot of your, um, you know, your history, yes. but I definitely want you to share it with the tribe of like your journey from unworthiness to worthiness Ooh, <laughs> to being this powerful witch who is, you know, making some of the most amazing things in life, which we'll talk about a little bit Thank later. You. Uh, you know, I think, uh, well, I'll start by saying this so that people know. I mean, I think it's fairly common knowledge. I've been very public about this, but just in case, you know, um, I grew up in a a terrible abusive household. So I was blessed with that sense of unworthiness very early. And I say blessed because at some point you go through so many of those cycles. So when you grow up in abuse, oftentimes, especially if you're empathic, which a lot of people who grow up in abuse are highly empathic because growing up in a place that is uncertain all the time, when the goalposts are constantly being moved with no rhyme or reason, and you have to keep navigating those emotional landmines, 
even if you're not that empathic, right? It blows that empathic shit wide open. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm the first one, you know, you know my past and yeah, we both grew up in abusive homes. Exactly. So. And it just sends you there. Like you are now feeling out the whole world, <laughs> right? And when you become that empathic person or, or were born to be and all, you know, not, nothing is by chance, but you know, you, you're this empathic person, you tend to, te- you tend to seek out narcissists because it fills that void of being needed behavior. I want to fix you. I want to fix you. I want to heal my past. I want to go through all this again and again and again until you get to a point where you're like, oh no, no, I've had enough of that. I want to help people and fix people, but I want to do it in a way that doesn't hurt me anymore. And for me, I think it started in my 30s, early 30s, maybe 30, uh, when I, it was very slow, you know, it was a very slow process of just having, I guess, you know, spirit come in here and there, even when I was trying to be like, no, 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 <laughs> right? you know, just coming in with a little thought, a little thing, a little, a little like, you shouldn't be doing this. You're supposed to be doing something else. You need to look at this. You need to see these synchronicities, right? Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things. I feel blessed to have had the background that I have had, which we all choose. And you know, we, yeah, we can get into all that craziness if you want to go there. Um, but we do. We choose these paths. And I feel like I chose it because it's made me a person who cares deeply for people and the, the planet of people and animals and everything that we have here. I don't know what I would have been without that. So I feel really glad to have had it. I'm also glad I'm not doing it anymore. Right. Because you do have to get to a point where you say, I'm not going to have, I I know my value. I know what I have to offer. And I want to give that to, uh, you know, people. But I I have to make sure that it's not draining and taking away from me. And I I wish and pray more women would step into that too. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Because um, I love the way you love and I love the way that I love. And I, and I, do, I do believe too. the way that we love and even why we are in each other's lives again from our other lifetimes is because we, we're in that soul family that mm-hmm. keeps going through those things to love greater and deeper. But it's like, I remember the first time we met, we had this intense love for each other and it's never <laughs> stopped. True, it's like true. it never went away. Even if I travel for two years, three years, and I don't talk to you, the love is still there. Always, yeah, always. And it was like seconds. It was yeah, seconds. seconds. We were giving each other crap already so fast. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> that's what we do. But yeah, it was instant, instantaneous and still is exactly that. And I, I wish more people would embrace those things when they feel them because that's spirit talking. That's how you know, right? And so many people are like, eh, we're adults. That's too weird. We can't be friends that fast, whatever. You know, all those stupid things that people, all those paradigms we placed on everything. But I wish people would tell people more that they love them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so you were talking about women yes. needing. Tell me about that. Well, you know, I think women naturally... And this is not true, of course, for everybody. This is just a generalized statement. And I'm getting emotional over here, just so I know, you know. I know, we're going to cry before this is done. You yeah, do realize that. Yeah, I'm getting really that. emotional. We're going to be sharing this energy <laughs> and weeping. Yes. Um, are very empathic people. I mean, this, you know, we've all been in all different sexes and all kinds of things, but I do think that that comes in. So even when we're, you know, male in a certain life, if we've been women, we are sensitive. So I think they're very empathic, and I think women want to fix and heal so much. Not just themselves, but they're so nurturing as 
beings, mm-hmm. nurturing souls. And they'd want to take on all these broken and abused and suffering men and heal them. And sometimes they do. You know, sometimes they do, but sometimes they do that at their own expense and their own detriment. Then they have nothing left. I always say it's like the giving tree. Whenever I feel like I'm at the end of the giving tree, that's done. I'm done. (laughs) When I'm the stump, you got to (laughs) go. Oh my God. You got to go. (laughs) This is great. I love it. You gotta go. I mean, ladies, amen. If you're the stump, they gotta go. Because <laughs> you got nothing. That man took your apples. He took your he took your branches. He took it all. You're just a sitting place now. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! I have the visuals of the right. whole thing. It's great. You know you do. This is so you good. Know you do. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, but it's true though. It's so and true. That's why I'm laughing even more. It's like, and and you know, we make light of it in this way, but there are women who drastically suffer, drastically go through abuse, drastically go through these things because they just do not step into their goddess own power. Okay, but before you go on, because now I. <laughs> <laughs> now you can't stop. You can't stop with that visual now. <laughs> so yeah, you're like what you just said was so powerful. I just need them to hear it one more time before you go to this next part of it. So they took your apples, they took the branches, they, take they took it all. all, and now it's just a stump and it's just a sitting place. That's it. That's all you have left. That's it. It's just a sitting place. And you were just talking about mm. filling yourself up. That is the absolute antithesis of filling yourself up. That is destroying yourself for someone else who takes. Mm. And there are a lot of people who will do that, not because necessarily they're bad. Now, there's some are. Some, some are not great. But some people really, uh, that's, again, how they were raised, the things that they've been through, all of this. They become takers, and they really don't know how to fix or change that cycle. And maybe this is not the lifetime for them to do that. And that's the thing that I think we have to realize, because everybody who wants to help people, will want to keep doing it until the job is done. And sometimes that is not the job for you. Mm. You know? It might not even be the lifetime, the place, the anything. And you have to stop before you harm yourself. And I want women to embrace that. Mm. Really, I, I got do. chills. You know, I'm getting chills up my spine right now. My leg just got a chill. My whole body is getting chills because the wisdom and the profound found words that are coming through your being are nectar to the soul keep telling me more <laughs> let the tribe know i'm just saying it's not me you know it's you're talking about uh high beings of lifetimes right they don't want women to suffer anymore like this and and that's not to downplay the suffering of men there are men who suffer and there are men who are great and good men who bend over backwards to try and save and heal relationships with their fathers and mothers and all kinds of things too but i feel like women thematically you know have been broken down to these positions and just do not feel good about themselves anymore they see an extra 5 pounds or an extra you know this or that or whatever get a certain age i mean look what society has done mm. and None of this is real. That's the thing. Like, none of these things that we say, you know, that we see every day as far as, like, what someone looks like and what the body structure is and all this, this is bullshit. What's real is the essence of you, the spirit of you, the soul of you. And I wish women would be like, you know what? 
I'm taking that back. I'm taking that back. I'm embracing that. I'm going to be that again. I want to feel what it's like to be me. Really, honestly, the true me, the 5D me, the spiritual me. And just tell anybody who doesn't like that to fuck right off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know? Absolutely. There are a lot of people who don't like when women step into their power in this world, as you know, and you just go, thanks, yeah. bye. What she's doing right now, just so you know, <laughs> when she did that, she's doing the, the, the double uh, fuck off fingers, just so that you know, because you can't see you with can't the visual see it, here. But I, you know, I had to do it because it has to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic so so you know and I, I what i see which is very interesting is a lot of women feel that they have to become that stump because uh, they no. keep thinking men are going to come and water their field and give to their tree so they can keep producing these beautiful fruits and this life and this you know they, they, to stretch out their branches what are your thoughts on that i think most of the time and this is this is going to be bad. What am I about to say? Mm. Most of the time, men are going to come and they're going to burn those fields down and then they're going to salt that earth. And I think until you step into your power, you are not going to find a man who will absolutely replenish you if that's what you're looking for because you don't need that either, by the way. Yeah, let's say that. Let's, let's go you from do that. Not, you do not need it. Let's even Let's remove the equation of I need a man to do that for me to be... Right. To be plentiful. Right. Right? You do not. Like, let's, let's, so ladies and, and men, I want you to know your role is that, that your role is not to go in and, 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 and go in and try to fix the situation because women have their own intrinsic knowledge. And so when you go to try to fix something, you're actually blocking her own divine intuition. And what is necessary is just to hold space. Yes. For her to 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 go into her own energy. Well, that's and that's exactly it. You're totally there because we need to talk about when you talk about stepping into your power. I feel like we need to have a conversation about frequency and energy. Mm-hmm, let's do it because I think people are like, "Well, that sounds good. I'm gonna do that," but I don't know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, there's ladies going, "Yes, okay, yes," but they're like, "And how can you give me the steps?" Right, exactly. <laughs> because I don't know how. So. You know, and that's a, so many reasons, you know, again, societal pressures and years of oppression and all living in the patriarchy and all of these things that are like uh, kind of anti-spiritual, if you will. So energy and frequency, you know, we, not to sound like the secret, but we do, we, we attract what we give out, right? So if you're in a low frequency place, if you're in a low energy place, if your place is everything is a challenge to me right now. Can I add something to that? Yes, please, please. Uh, Let's say we attract what we give in to ourselves. Yes, absolutely. And then that's what people see. They see how you treat yourself. Well, that's true. That's absolutely, yes, that's exactly right. Because, you know, when you have a life where everything that reflects back to you is difficult, Oftentimes what that means is that's what you're giving yourself, right? So going from that space, Mm -hmm. that's what you're giving yourself. You feel worthy of this. So that's what keeps coming. You're vocalizing this. You're vocalizing to the universe and saying, oh man, everything's so hard. Oh, I'm not going to get this unless I do that. Oh, I'll never get this. I'll never be this. I'll never look like this or whatever. Mm -hmm. And guess what happens? (laughs) That's what happens, (laughs) right? So... Stepping into your power means giving to you, loving yourself, 
starting to connect with spirit, starting to connect with yourself, starting to take the time you don't have, you don't have air quotes, you don't have, to give something to you instead of giving it to the 50,000 other things and other people that you constantly give pieces of yourself away to. And when you do that, you become happier and you become more powerful and you start to attract things that are beautiful and interesting. It's not to say you won't have challenges. Of course, everybody has challenges. We live here. <laughs> oh, wait, okay, I need you to say that too because a lot of people think just because I'm a shaman or because Dalai Lama is this or because you're this, we don't have challenges. Oh, no, no. But as I always say, because we're in, in the biological space suit, if we're in a human body, <laughs> we're, we're getting fucked up on some level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you live here. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> like, you're going to have some challenges. Yes. <laughs> you're going to need some you know, wine and pizza here and there. I'm telling you. Yes. (laughs) But, you know, I just think that when you start embracing yourself, you're going to have fewer of those or they're going to be more manageable. You know, we all have loss. We all experience pain. Uh, I feel like suffering is our universal equalizer. It doesn't matter how rich or poor you are. It doesn't matter how magical you are. It doesn't matter any of those things. We all have that. Mm, Universal equalizer. It absolutely is. There's nothing you can do to avoid it. I mean, your words are just absolutely divine. (laughs) Well, they may not be mine. (laughs) Well, you know what doesn't matter. If it's not yours or not, it's coming through you. And I always love the way you, you you pontificate things and bring them out through the way you think. It's just, I mean, it's just something... Something wonderful, something wonderful. You know, they say something wicked this way comes. I'm, <laughs> I'm say, a little that too. I like that too. <laughs> actually, because when I said it just now, you're so funny. You know what my brain just said? My brain goes, actually, wicked is nice. <laughs> you know it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I sure do. <laughs> something wonderfully wicked this that's way right, comes. That's, that's right. That's right. It's the WW. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hello. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no, but it's true. You know, so we do, and we do have that. It doesn't matter how. And in fact, that the higher you go energetically, the more dark things try to come in. I mean, that's just the as above, so below. That's that's what that is. Um, but life becomes more beautiful and you become more grateful. You live in an era of gratitude because you can see, you can see, oh my God, look at all this. Whatever this all this is, you know, looking at my dog's face, <laughs> you know, uh, having a fire, you know, uh, simple things, seeing the stars, seeing the butterflies going through town, you know, these things. I'm so blessed to see it and experience it. And the more you have that, ladies, if you're in the market for a partner, the more you will attract a partner who, who can rise to that occasion with you. Yeah. Yes. I, yes. I, I agree. Ashe. Amala Ashe, Ashe. So, you know, there's there's this, what do you feel what is happening for men right now? Um, because I know that you were in a relationship with, uh, you were married, mm-hmm. right, to a man. And, you know, and what do you see? Because, I mean, you have a very strong, uh, very raven's eye on what's going on with men right now on the planet. Can you share that with us? I feel like, and, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this too, because I am not a man. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can only speak from this perspective. No, you're in definitely lifetime, not a man. You're this- <laughs> definitely a goddess. You always have been a goddess. I'm as ladylike uh, as it gets, maybe. Yeah. At least externally. <laughs> at least on the outside. Um, <laughs> can't, speak, can't speak on the inside. <laughs> then I guess I'm, I'm, I'm very manlike on the outside, but I'm ladylike on the inside. <laughs> this, is, this is why we're here. This is, this is why we're here. <laughs> but yeah, I think that there's uh, two things going on, really. It's the double-sided kind of issue because you have these this one sect of men who are embracing it and love it and have always been those kind of men for women who have, who have always been advocates and always been men who uplift women. I mean, even if you look at grandparents, some of them, you know, who have been together for however long that was going on with them back then. And just nobody saw or knew, you know, like my grandparents, my grandfather, it was weird. My grand, my grandparents always had a, like a role reversal going on. Like my grandfather was the one who cooked. My grandmother didn't cook anything. You know, my grandmother was the one who went down to the court and changed her name because she didn't like her first name, you know? So I come from a lot of those women. <laughs> right. But I think there are men who are who are advocates and have always been supportive, who are embracing this and going, yeah, these guys who suck, it's about time. <laughs> it's We're, about time that's yeah. brought to the surface. Yeah. And I'm here for this. And I'm not that kind of guy who's going to sit there and, you know, mansplain everything to you and tell you why I'm not that guy. They never say those things. <laughs> you know, those men are always like, yep, we suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I have men who write me to this day and say to me, you know, with some of the shares that they hear, they're like, they're like, yeah, Derek, I'm so glad you're talking about it, Shaman, because we're tired of this whole pissing game. Like, yeah. who, you know, and who's got the biggest dick and who, you know, who's, you know, who can be the most nastiest, disgusting man to, you know, and to women and, and out in the public. Absolutely. And patriarchy, let's just say, for the record, hurts everyone. It hurts everyone because men have been taught to have basically two emotions. You can have rage and you can have sex. Now, sex isn't even an emotion, but that's literally what they've been taught. This is it. These are your outlets. Rage and, and sex. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And it blurs the line a lot too, you know? So they are suffering as well. They've been suffering from that. You don't cry and you don't have emotions and you don't get to feel sad and you, don't, you have to be a rock for people and you, you know, have to be this perfect provider and all of these things have to come from you. And that's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. It's not natural. I mean, it's not natural for any of us to have to hide away emotional aspects of self. Or be a, a soul, everything, with the weight of everything on your shoulders and not be able to express that or have a moment of that. It's sad. And so there are obviously men who don't want that disrupted. They, they are empowered by that. And that's the only way they've been empowered. And that's the only way they know. And so they want to keep that going because they know as soon as that's dismantled, they have nothing. So I think there's both of that going on, which mm-hmm. is interesting to see. No, I, you know, I agree with you. From my perspective as a man, I always felt that when I look at all my male buddies, that we don't, we don't have enough affection. We don't have enough yeah. touch, enough connection, you That's know? True. That's I true. notice when I hug men, like when I'm coming off stage or, you know, uh, in any type of situation, even the most macho guy, and I give him a hug, I can feel the part of him that doesn't want to let go. And it's like, wow, this is a really great hug from Shaman Durek. But wow, I really better milk the most out of this because I don't get this. It's that sad. That you have to milk your hugs. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's 
terrible. I mean, it's upsetting because humans need to be touched. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? And I think a lot of the, you know, the idea that that men have is, you know, the fear of if I'm weak, I'm destroyed. So true. It's so that's so true and that's so powerful. Really, that's so powerful because I'm sure you have noticed over the years and years and years that you've worked with so, so many people and helped so many people. You see that people, one thing I see all the time about people is they are afraid to embrace their traumas, afraid to feel the pain that they've been storing and stuffing down because they are afraid it will make them crazy, it will destroy them, it will kill them. And the opposite of that is the truth because it's killing you every day. I mean, that's what that is. Mm-hmm. And we have to look at it. We have to embrace it. And I think, I think that's very true of, of men. Like, they're the ones who are the worst at that, <laughs> you know, because they're taught to be running away from that forever and ever. And so I'm sure when you see men privately, clients, you know, they're just like having a full breakdown. Oh yeah, full on, full on. A lot of guys who come in, they're crying, they're crying, and I, you know, I support them. They try to hold it in, but they can't because I, I really double up on the spirits on them. <laughs> Good, you know, and really, <laughs> really bring the medicine. And yeah. um, and then they cry and they cry and they cry and they cry, and you know, and I just sometimes put my hand on their heart or my hand on their stomach and their heart, or sometimes I just hold them. And then they come out of it and they're just like, oh my God, I've been holding on to that since I was a little boy, or I've been holding on to that since the day I got married, or I've been holding on to that. And what ends up happening is I get letters from their wives or girlfriends or their lovers, you know, or their husbands for that sense, you know, even in a male to male relationship. And they're like, oh my God, you literally have made our relationship better because now they're open to having conversations instead of saying like they can't handle it because they're already on overload. Right. You know, and I think a lot of what happens is like I, I noticed it uh, about maybe a couple of weeks ago, about a week ago, I was going through a very emotional day and I uh, was in the car uh, with this girl that I've been seeing. And she said to me, honey, do you want me to come back to the house? She was going to go with my niece to the SLS. And she said, honey, do you want me to come back to the house with you? Because I told her I just need to come and cry. She's like, do you want me to come back to the house with me? With you, not me, with you. And, uh, and I was like, no, I'm fine. You go with her to the SLS. And I just came home and like went to my bedroom and just like got down in my underwear into my t-shirt. And I just started bawling and crying and releasing all of this, this pain and emotions from, you know, all the different healing sessions and from being out in the public and it's a lot. the expectations placed on me and like, you know, constantly have to live within these parameters of what's socially acceptable for me to be able to become uh, a social uh, rights leader and ambassador and to be able to sit and talk at the United Nations and do all these things to be able to kind of play the game, you know, where I can't do certain things that I would like to do because then they're not going to, the presidents are going to be like, no, I'm not going to invite you to my dinner table because you do this thing, you know? So it's like, how do we, how do I navigate myself? And sometimes it becomes so stressful and so much anxiety ridden that I just like want to scream and cry and be a little baby and be like, why is there so much pain in the world? Why is there so much suffering? And I go through it and I feel it. And I could have easily said to her, you know, um, because she was in town, she was visiting and I could have said to her, babe, yeah, come home with me, you know, but I didn't. And she went out and then she called me first thing in the morning. She's like, honey, you know, um, how are you feeling? Are you okay? 
you know, she's like, but let me know because I'm there for you, you know? And so the next night she came over, I was still going through emotional stuff and then she decided to do a reading on me and whatnot. And I started breaking down, you know, and she started massaging my feet and just like nurturing me and being there. But I think the biggest thing that, that, that I noticed that comes up is and even even also in my relationship with her is like sometimes I'll say something to her and I know what I'm saying isn't the right thing to say, but I've learned how to eat my own shoe. So what, I, what I'll do is say, you know what? I messed up. You're absolutely right. I messed up and I'm sorry. And, and it's, I think for a man to be able to step into that, that, that range of it's okay for me to be vulnerable. It's okay for me to 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 fess up when I make mistakes <clears throat> to a woman or to my partner, to whomever. Right. And no, I'm not going to be murdered and killed or destroyed <laughs> or or never be able to redeem myself again. And that's a lot what men go through. They go through this idea, you know, like I I talk to a lot of uh, clients who come in who ha- who are baby daddies. And they t- I tell them, you know, have you seen your woman and the baby? And they're like, no. And I'm like, why? They're like, because I've already screwed up so much in her life and screwed up so much with my child. I can't show my face. I can't, I can't call her. I, I, I can't. I, I, I can't. And I said, you can't because you don't want to be vulnerable. You don't want to go to her and just break down and tell her that, like, you don't know what you're doing in your life. Right. You're, 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 and you have a baby and you're sorry. And all the things you've said to her and did to her and all the times you cheated on her was because you were insecure. Right. That, I think, is what I see men going through. <clears throat> How do I get to that place where I can feel safe to be, to, to, you know, vulnerable? And I hope we can get there, really, because that is true. I think even women who have had it (laughs) with the shenanigans that they've put up with, you know, if you have a child involved and things like that, there's a certain amount that you're going to want that child to see their father, provided that it wasn't like dark, dark, dark. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But if it's just like, yeah, you were a screw up to me, but I want you to see your child, they're going to choose more often than not for you to be able to do that. So, and you know, it's nice to have a dad sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for <laughs> <You> sure. <know? laughs> for sure, for sure. So let's talk about your book more. Tell me about what your book, so you, so your book is about, you know, the broom was already out of the closet. <laughs> you can- <laughs> I feel like now it's like a striptease. <laughs> the broom was out first and then your leg. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> Well, if your leg was out, everyone would be looking at your leg with your your amazing style and all the the beauty that comes from your being. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, there's never a moment where I don't see you like looking like you're. Com- I mean, completely pin up, old time fifties, old time twenties. I mean, that's the way you come. You come out of that very, you know, old time um, time. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. The way your body is and, oh, yeah. you know, the way you've always carried yourself, you know, in the the drinks that you'll make when someone <laughs> comes over, the glass that you'll serve it oh, in. Oh, it's so true. You I'm know? such a hostess, too. Oh, like, you I are. Such you a are hostess. the hostess with the mostess, <laughs> for sure. I mean, I love the, the, I was just, it's so funny because we were just recently at your birthday. Yep. And I brought my friend, the cowboy, 
And he just loved all the people. And, you know, I met some lovely friends of yours. And I, and I was like, oh, wait a second. Didn't I meet you at <laughs> um, the, the, the party where she made all the magical cakes that, get, that created spells in your body and stuff? And you had like the love cake. All of a sudden, we were all feeling love and like <laughs> wanting to touch each other. And then there was like the money cake. All of a sudden, these money things were coming into people's <laughs> lives. And like everything had the magic in it. It yes. was the, the drinks had magic in it. Everything is, it's, uh, it's you know... Yeah, you're just on that. <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about that. So, and I think you even said something recently to me that you said, I'm also in your book. Yeah, so so basically the book, it, it does two things. The first is just kind of to tell people, here's my background and here's what happened to me so that when people go through these processes of figuring stuff out, whether they're exorcists or, you know, healers of any kind, I mean, physical healers, whatever, mediums, readers, whatever that is. I think there's a process to that unless you were nurtured of that to that your whole life. If you grew up in a 3D environment with 3D kind of parents, you were not. <laughs> so there's just the process of kind of what does that feel like? And, you know, if you're going through that, you're not crazy, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and then the other part of it is just kind of identifying entity, what that feels like, what that looks like you know, attachments and things like that with the differences between a deceased person and an entity and what you can do with your own energy to protect yourself and things that you can do. So in the part that it's kind of, you know, when I was coming, when the broom was out, but I was not. <laughs> when, all, when it was just a shoe. When it was just the strip tease. <laughs> when it was just the strip tease, the closet was just sort of open. Um, and I was definitely trying to suppress and suppress and suppress. I mean, I was going through a lot of suppression of all kinds of things at that point, especially because um, that was a heightened time. But I was talking about you and how we had these conversations and that each time we'd had these conversations, more and more would open up. And the more, and then it was like, it would open up even more in my mind. And I would tell you like, you know, some of these things. And then I would feel, you know, because this is the judgmental part of that you know, I would feel like, well, I can't say everything I'm seeing because I feel like that's too much. It's too much. It's too much, you know? So you don't. And it's a shame, really. And that, that's a part that I also talk about, too, is that it's a shame that I, I didn't say, you know, all of these things that I was feeling all at one time and that I confided in you a lot because, you know, you were so good at what you do and you're, you were so powerful and uh, I knew you wouldn't think I was crazy. But even in that, right, there's certain elements where you're like, no, I can't, like, this is too much. So it, it talks about that part of our lives together, mm -hmm. you know, when, uh, like, I kind of, you know, wish at this point that I had said more then, but it works out the way it works out. And there are a lot of people struggling with that too, you know, that they're like, okay, well, I, I don't know, I'm a medium, let's say, but now I'm seeing things that aren't deceased people. That's too much. So I can't talk about that. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. there's a limit to where people feel comfortable sharing the craziness <laughs> that is going on with them because sometimes you do. And I, I even say this in the book, like there was a time when the floodgates just started opening and you were there for that. And so I felt nuts. I well, felt what crazy. I loved, what I loved was, I mean, I kept having, I kept reminding you, I kept going, uh, do you remember our past life? 
Like, what are you doing? Why are you hiding <laughs> know, this? Know, this is, are you kidding me right now? Like, and I, was, <laughs> I used to get so frustrated. <laughs> I was frustrated. And then you would be like, I'm not talking to you for a couple of days. I because know, it's too much. It's I was too like, much. this is too much. You're like, too much, Derek, too much. I'm like, no, it's not too much. And you're like, no, it is too much. And then, of course, I think a lot of it too was you're so powerful. And so I kept pushing you to that, to look at your power more and more and more. And then you would do these things and then you would freak out a little bit about it. Well, I wasn't ready. And then you'd go back. And I'm like, I mean, I go, I mean, I mean, hello. I mean, look at your animals. I mean, your animals, your familiars running around your house. You, I mean, you don't, you don't see this, you know. And then your husband, and like, so I think it was, it, it was interesting. But the thing was, I always saw power in you from day one. From day one, I always saw your power. I always knew what you were capable of doing, and I always knew that there was going to be a day. When and let me tell you, can I just tell you all tribal members? I mean, when I talk about the things I'm telling you, I'm not even expressing it to the fullness of my capacity that I could. But the lady that's in front of me here, she's a genius. Okay, <laughs> she's not just a genius. It, it goes into so many levels of 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 like it's literally like opening up. The best way I can explain who Rachel is, it's opening Pandora's box, right? And you got to be ready for what's going to come out. Oh, Lord. And like, <laughs> and you got to be able to handle it. And you got to be able to be in that space because there's times where she would say to me, well, how come you're not using all your powers? How come you're not doing that? Why are you putting yourself in this type of situation? You know better than that. You know, so it, was, it wasn't just one-sided. She was also, as she was coming out of that closet per se, she was also helping me at a time in my life where I was still stuck in, you know, um, just, you know, because the difference between in, when she was talking about in our childhood, because we are both went through abuse, she became much more um, able to spot uh, dysfunctional people and she would see them immediately and she would put her, her protection up. Whereas with me, I was like this kid who, you know, who was just like, love everybody, trust everybody, love, 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 everybody, everybody, everybody. And she was like, what are you doing? And I would bring people in my life who were very uh, destructive, yeah. you know, and taking advantage of my love, my kindness, and putting me into nefarious situations because I was trusting them without using my powers. And she's like, why aren't you using your powers? You have to use your powers on people you meet so you know what type of person you're dealing with, Dirk. You can't just be loving everybody and bringing them into your sanctuary. And she, and you were right. Well, and, and to be fair, I, I was not as good at it then either as I like to think I am now. Because well, you were better than I was. <laughs> Well, we we did it together. Yeah, we did together. We did it together. I mean, we definitely, I think we met each other at very pivotal times in our lives to help us be better, to help us open up and, and step into more of what we were to become. Um, and I feel grateful to you for that very much because uh, I was not ready at that time. But it, as we talked about, it's a journey. It's a journey. Even once you start going, oh, shit, I can't turn this off anymore. There's still a journey from that part until now and beyond now i don't know everything that i'm gonna know at some point oh yeah me too you know me too. What, what do i know absolutely i don't know, I don't know what i know <laughs> yeah you know what i mean so i'm always learning and i always want to learn and and even talking about entity and stuff you know in in the book i identified like six fairly common entities five six common entities but that doesn't mean i know every single one that doesn't mean that i've seen every single thing there is to see i don't can you tell us about these entities so 
as you know, you know, one of the things that people always see, um, because what we have, our knowledge of possession and attachment, aside from, you know, very spiritual people who have looked into these things independently, if they're just going from what we see, like in movies or TV or books or whatever, it's always what I call a movie-style entities, what I call realm walkers. Yes. <clears throat> Those are the ones that can do all the things. <laughs> But there's a whole gamut of entities that work their way up that system. So not every entity is that kind of entity. It's just not how it works. Many, many, many people are walking around with attachments that don't even know they have attachments. That's right. So, you know, when, when we talk about that, what people believe as possession is the big boy, <laughs> the big boy kind, Right. They don't I call even, them the longer, the ones who've been in the underworld the longest. Right, the the ancient ones. Yeah, let's the ancient say. ones. Um, and that's what realm walkers are. They're ancient. They they have all the knowledge of all the things. Um, but we also have the tiny, tiny things, like that most of the population walks around with, which I call Clives because they look like Clive Barker drawings to me. It's very scientific. <laughs> it's very scientific. <laughs> they look like little face hugger brain type things to me. And that's, that's exactly what they look like to me as well. Oh, the shamanic yeah. world. Okay, good. Because you never know. They when look you... like te- they have tentacles. That's right, that's right. That's they, what they attach they, with. They, they, when I saw the movie Alien, yes, it's exactly. I was like, oh my God. I don't know where they got that thing from, but that's, that's, that's actually those things are real. I know. Sometimes writers they plug into that shit real hard. They really do. Um, sometimes I'll see a movie or something and be like, mm, yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but so that's what most people are walking around with. And those are the, yes, you know, they're, they're the amplifiers. If you have, you know, uh, sadness, you're depressed. If you're depressed, you're suicidal. If you have anger, you have rage. And a lot of people walk around with that for years and years of their lives. And they have no idea that's even going on. They're just like, why does everything suck? Right. <laughs> you know? Or and, why every, or have come, every time they open their mouth. It's always a negative statement. Always. Oh, or God. negative speak. Ooh, there's nothing and more draining than that. Oh, God. I, I can never I be can't. around that. That I is can't. like the hardest thing for me. I can't. I just, I don't have, I have, I call it, I have a no abuse zone. I just, I, I see that as a form of abuse. Negativity, yeah. I Negativity do too. is a form of abuse. Like, and I listen In to someone. In your space? I, oh, Mm-mm. God. Mm-mm. No. It's like it just sucks it right out. <laughs> it's just like, I'm just like, the critters are crawling. The critters are calling. <laughs> I mean, I have literally, I gave a name for the voices that talk in your head. I call them the, the spirits that turned away from the light and went to the underworld. They want to get back to the light, but they can't, so they need you as a starter. I call them sketchers. They're the ones who talk negative talks in your head. Then there's parasites that look like spiders. They look like the thing from Alien, where they tap in and they put tentacles into your your nervous system and into your organs and into different parts of your brain to fire off different electrodes and different frequencies. Those are the ones that you're just talking about. Yeah, we see them. We ca- I call them parasites. And they can call in other beings as they're feeding off you. They feed off of you to, to put poison into you. The, and the poisons that we say in shamanism is like the black one, which is the darkness. They feed darkness into you. The red one is anger, rage, uh, frustration, anything that like you, an emotion that you feel makes you angry. We call it the red red smoke and then the green smoke is the worst one i feel is the worst one because that's the one where they can mentally control you like a robot 
That's the one when I listened to Master of Puppets and I listened to Metallica as a kid. That's the green smoke. That's why when people are coughing up stuff, I like to look at what color is coming out of their mouth so I can see, oh, you're coughing up green. Oh, you're coughing up red. You're coughing up black because it, it shows me you know, the energy. Then the brown one is the one where it takes away your life source. It, it, it drains your life force. So you feel no energy. You're tired all the time. You feel like, I don't feel any idea to do anything. I don't know where I'm supposed to be in life. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I see that smoke coming out of the body. But these beings, they stick it in. But I want to go more because that's it's, I, love, I love how from your... Uh, this is what I love about being a shaman and having a, one of my best friends who's sitting in front of me be a witch because <laughs> we see in the same plane, but how we see it from our perspective, uh, it's wonderful. Continue. Well, it's different. Yeah. So like I, I have no, I don't see <clears throat> any kind of smoke. That's just not how my, my sight works. The way that I see it is the hierarchy of those entities themselves. So, you know, when we talk about Clives, they're the one thing. And then from there, you know, we go higher to tricksters and wraiths and things like this and wraiths that are attached to, you know, um, any kind of sexual trauma, you know, and how that looks to me may not be the same thing as it looks to someone else. So tell me about, tell me about each one. So we know the Clives, we know, we got that one. Right. So wraiths. Okay. So wraiths to me, they always come to me as skeletal figures. I always tell people whenever they're like, what do these things look like? The easiest way for you to kind of get the idea of what they look like is scary stories to tell in the dark. <laughs> you know what I'm yes, saying? Of course. Because they do. They do look like that. That was a tapping into that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I say, writers, artists, they tap in. That's ta that was full. Tapping into that. Full in. But that's what they look like to me. And the interesting thing about them that I... I you know, it's just an interesting thing that they do um, is that it's always a female with a male host and vice versa, no matter what, no matter what, it doesn't matter about sexuality or gender identity or any of that. It's just whatever it is, it is. It's like it finds the soul of you <laughs> and that's what it is. It's the opposite of that, whatever that is. So interesting. And that's still how I see it. And what do their powers do? Well, because I want to see if the, what the match is in shamanism. Isn't that cool? Yeah, I love it. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> so, what they do uh, is they attach to people who have had sexual trauma. So, you know, molestation, rape, those kind of, even being exposed visually to something too young, those kinds of things. Um, uh, uh, excessive pornography, all of that kind of stuff, as you know, because we've talked about that before. So, what, I want to go back to that too, because I have a whole thing with pornography, but I want to go back to that. Okay. So, what they do, of course, all of these things are draining and feeding. That's the whole point of it, right? Drain and feed, drain and feed, drain and feed. But they also can stop you from having a healthy relationship. They can keep you lonely. They can keep you in places of things like jealousy, rage, whatever, to a partner, even if it's unwarranted. Not saying it always is, but sometimes it is. And they also are the ones that come as uh, sleep paralysis, they're the ones that are the dark figures that sit on people's chests when they say, I was just half asleep, half awake, and then this happened and I saw it. And they see them as shades, right? Like mm -hmm. in the movie Ghost. Do you remember the movie? Yeah, yeah. Like that. They see them through their eyelids or they see them floating around the room. Or that's just that darkness on top of them, mm -hmm. you know? 
always writes. Always. It's always, you know, I always have to like uh, get the tribe to understand the difference because there's sometimes where you do go into sleep because your body is sleeping and you're awake in your spirit. Yes. And it's not something sitting on you, but you'll know the difference because the terror that you it's feel. It's the malevolence. Yeah. Absolutely. Because that's the other thing. See, we're going back again. Here we go. Back to trust and surrender. Back to that. You have to trust when you feel that instinct that something is bad. You absolutely have to trust that. That is spirit. That is you. That is all to connect it. And sometimes with entities, even people who don't see, you know, there are people who are just highly sensitive that sense things. They don't see it, but they feel, they feel, they feel. You know, when you walk into a space, even if you don't see, you feel a tensing of the body. That's your cue to exit. That's your cue to exit. So even if you don't see, like let's say you see something out of the corner of your eye or whatever, whatever, if you can feel past the initial fright, because there's always going to be an initial, but if you can feel past that, move through that, if you still feel that malevolence, which will oftentimes feel like nausea, uh, headaches, all kinds of energy fluctuations, that's your cue to get out of there. Or stay in there, but anchor a high amount of love frequency and blast that baby. Yeah, well, of course. If you're in that place, if you're in the place. <laughs> yeah, that's me. You know me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, like, I'm always like, get the fuck out. I'm, I'm like, not dealing I'm like, with this. I'm like, what's his name? I'm like, Gandalf? Is that is that the wizard? Yes. I'm like, you shall not pass! Well, and, and to be fair, to be fair, I am... I. I like to do that also. I'm the one who will stand there and be like, you need to fuck right off. See, we do our love a little differently. Yes. <laughs> but for people who do not feel comfortable doing that, yeah, you know, yes, just, yes. Just, at, just to start feeling things out even, right? This, this is, we're doing the baby steps here to just feel it out. <laughs> yeah, the baby steps, yeah. But, you know, if you are feeling all powerful, you do it. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you want to roll it like me and be Gandalf, the, be Gandalf the white or Gandalf the gray, you know, whatever you got to do. I mean, I'm like, I remember when I was in training as, as a kid and the elders told me a very dark entity is going to visit you soon. And I go, when? They're like, you won't know. It'll come. You won't. We can't tell you when because then you'll be prepared for it. Right. But we're. But it's being sent to you as a part of your training, and your job is to figure out how to uh, get it to the light uh, without losing yourself. And I never forget this day. I had my friend Sarah. Her boyfriend, Johnny, and because they're a couple, I gave them my bed. Plus, I always love sleeping on the floor anyway. And um, so I'm sleeping on the floor in my room. They're in my bed. My dog, Dexter, who's my, my golden retriever, is sleeping next to me. And all of a sudden, my body starts shaking like crazy. And uh, I can hear Sarah and Johnny telling me to come back to my body because they saw me shaking and my dog's hair was completely rose up and he was barking at the door of my bedroom. So I finally came back to my body and they're like, something is happening. Something is really dark outside that door. Something is happening. And I just took a deep breath. I looked at, I looked at Johnny. I looked at Sarah and I was like, don't leave this room. They're like, what are you going to do? I said, this is for me. I have to confront this spirit. And I opened up the door. The room was, it was, it was in the, the living room, my dad's house. The room was so cold. My dad had marble floors. And I always, I, I always thought the marble floors were irritating and annoying that he made the whole house into marble. 
But the cool thing I did like was I could feel the heat or cold and I would know what kind of energies I was dealing with. And the floor got really frozen cold. And I started looking at my breath. I could see it being different. And I could hear the sound of this voice talking to me. And it was like, they're like, oh, they're like, we'll destroy him easily. He's weak. He's so weak. And I could feel them circling me like a tornado. Like two, there was two of them. One was on one end and one was on the other end. And I remember feeling fear rise up in my body and the hairs on the back of my neck came up and the chill came up. And I heard this voice of my grandmother and she said, use the fear as energy. Don't go into it with fear because of what you're feeling. (laughs) Take the energy that just rose up in your body and increase it. So I was like, when I felt it, I was like, I felt that. And I was like, increase. And I was like, I felt that increase. And then um, I heard the voice go, he thinks he's strong. He thinks he's strong. And then I heard another voice come in and it was another ancestor. And they're like, don't listen to them because they're trying to get into your thoughts. And if you have any fear towards them, these types of spirits will get you to hurt yourself. So they're trying to get close enough to my body to get in my thoughts so they can make me smack myself, punch myself, stab myself, doing all these things. And sure enough, I like kept staying in my power. And then I was like, this is not your domain. You have no power here. You're weak. And all of a sudden, I felt like a blast of energy. I said, you're so weak. I said, I love you, spirits. You're so weak. You can't handle the love that emanates (laughs) from my being. And I saw light surround my whole entire body, pulling it in like a magnet. And I could hear them screaming, being like, how is he so strong? And then I could hear them screaming and screaming and screaming. And then all of a sudden, I see them like everything like like made this, it was like this weird like, and then all of a sudden there were these two beings in front of me and they're like, thank you. Thank you. You, you, you saw the truth in what we are. And we had fell asleep a long time ago. Now we can go home. And then they just like the light went up and disappeared all around me. And I heard this voice go, you did it. You know how to fight those type of spirits. I want to say fight. I want to say fight, but like engage right, those type sure. of spirits. But, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people, and which is, I think, is un- it's interesting, but also sad at the same time, is that our world doesn't create the knowledge for people to be able to handle those things. Well, I mean, people are taught that's just, it doesn't exist at all. I mean, I can't tell you how many interviews I've had where people are trying to debunk or trying to tell you, like, the words that you use are wrong or, you know, this is trying to find scientific explanations for everything. But it's like, at the end of the day, you know, you don't see radio waves, but they exist. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. There are things you don't know, and it's arrogant to say that we know everything. That's the most arrogant statement. We don't. So if we could just accept that we don't know everything, that there are things in the world greater than we are in terms of, you know, our knowledge and understanding of it, and here's how you deal with that when it comes to you. How do you identify what an energy is that is not your own, even from other people, just pulling from other people? 
You know, if you're an empath, you're like a sponge. You pull from other people until you have boundaries. But people aren't even taught that. They have no idea. So they just have panic attacks all the time. Yes. You know, not to say that panic doesn't actually occur and is a valid thing. But there are times when people's body sensors feel that energy from somebody else and they think it's their own. So they just take it in. It doesn't, you know what I mean? Like we're not taught these things. We're not taught how to deal with dark beings. We're not taught how to deal with high beings. We're not taught how to deal with other human beings energies. Like we're just not taught any of that. Right. Right. And um, so, you know, the spirits you're talking about, they're called, you're calling them the wraiths. Mm -hmm. So I call them succubuses. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's the same thing. Yeah. And it's interesting because I wanted to talk about that. You mentioned porn. Oh, and what are your thoughts on porn? Because I, I'll tell you just right, right off the bat for me, I love porn, right? But I also love watching, I love, I think to me, sex is art, but I don't like watching it when it's done in a destructive way. Right. But I love, I love, I think sex to me looks like an artistic expression of, of connection and communication and energy and merging and whatever. So I always find it very beautiful how human beings can have sex and create pleasure and create bliss and create energy and create uh, magic. So I'm very much into sex magic. I really believe that sex magic is, uh, is a very powerful thing. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, and even just not just even in the sense of um, just even arousing myself with an idea, I can use that arousal as a way to manifest energies and magic and healing for people. Sexual magic is something that should be taught to people in classes. I, I do believe that because two people together and their energy spaces, there's nothing that can't be done. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And I don't mean that physically, but I do. But you know what I mean? I mean, magically speaking. Um, and I don't have any issues with porn at all. I think porn's great and fine if you like it. I think what ends up destructive, what will pull a rate then, is if there's a dysfunctional aspect to that. Let's talk about that. So if you have an addiction, and that's something that you're doing in lieu of having actual relationships, it can come in. I mean, you, as you know, we talked about uh, entity comes through a lot of different channels, and it can come through through technology as well. So if you're watching things that are violent, if you're watching things that are lower, lowering your vibration, that's how that comes in. I call it brain sting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Like even music is a brain sting. It can be. I mean, protect yourself. That's all. That's what you have to do. You have to make sure your vibration is high. As you do when you work on people, you know you cannot go into a session with someone and have low frequency energy. Not at all. What the hell is that going to do for anybody? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's you useless shit. Oh, I love it how you explain that, but it's so true. But it is. And you know what I get told all the time? If you read my Amazon reviews, you'll have a nice laugh because they, they say in my, in my Amazon reviews or through the book, really, that I'm arrogant, that I'm cocky. Great. Well, that's my point. I'm like, listen, you do not want some scared ass exorcist walking in to help you. That is not going to help you. You have to understand, I have to be full of all of this yes, to be able to do that job for you. Mm. I can have a mental breakdown when I'm done that you don't see, that you don't, you're not partaking in. I can have the emotional fallout after, but I cannot have that during. And you don't want that. 
Yeah, people so, call me that too. I get that too. I get told that I'm um, arrogant. Of course, yes. Arrogant and full of myself. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you're right. I am full of myself. I'm full of love and joy and happiness and magic and rainbows and unicorns. Well, I mean, and, you know, you and know. cauldrons, cooking and, you know, the whole bit. Because I have to be. Because you have I to be. cannot go to these dark, dark, deep, dark realms no. and deal with people who are holding some crazy amount of entities in their energy field and, and come and, and, and not be strong in who I am. When I say get out, I mean get out. Well, and, and what people don't understand, I mean, they don't understand that, but that's, that's a very good way to, play, to put that. I think because the other thing that they don't understand is in doing these jobs, anytime that someone does a healing work for someone, you are re-traumatizing yourself. It's a trauma. It's a trauma to work on other people's traumas. Just like someone who, you know, is a paramedic or someone in pet rescue and all of these things, they are traumatizing themselves. It's and true. who is working on them? You are. You are working on them to heal those traumas out of them. That's how we do this in life, right? We just go to the next level of healing someone. We go to the next level. So they can do the things that maybe I am not equipped for, but I can do the thing that helps them. And, and up and up and up, right? That's why I always say that healers are, have gone through trauma. So much trauma. So that, because so they can handle trauma. And, it, and you do go through that consistently when you work on people because you are listening to their traumas, you're holding space for those traumas, and you're taking out those traumas. And then in order to do that, a certain amount does pass through you. There's no real way to, to stop the feeling because you have to connect. So it's like, yeah, I better be full of myself now. I better be, because how am I going to hold space for you? Mm. How am I going to do that for you? Mm. How am I going to make you feel safe enough to allow me to do that for you? You have to trust me. You have to trust me. And I got to trust myself to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's it. So if I get a one-star review on Amazon, because I sound like I'm a, a... you know, a hottie bitch, then I'm a hottie bitch. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Be the hottie bitch. That's it. You know what I mean? I agree. I Because people will say things to me like, oh, like one guy said to me once at, a, I think it was a Wonderlust event. He said to me, oh, well, you know, you're you're just, um, you know, you're just putting suggestions in my head. I, so that's the reason why I was like shaking and okay. coughing and things are coming out. I go, okay, go ahead and show that, show do, the, do that to another person. Let's see if you right. get the same results. Right, right, right. Exactly. You're not going to get the same results because it's not suggestions, but you know what? I don't need to explain it to him. No, 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 no. Because the thing is, what I what 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 fascinates me are people will say to me like, "Oh, Shaman Durek, you know what? You're like, oh, here comes Shaman Durek. He's so <laughs> he's so full of himself." Da, 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 da. I'm like, you know what? I can't walk out the door and walk into the situations that I've walked in, going to Israel when bombs are going off, being in Turkey when the coup's happening, going to all these types of situations if I am not able to lock in. That's right. To my energy and show up. I mean, one, I learned a lesson one time in my life. I have a friend who has a house in Bel Air and she had this spirit um, in her house. And a friend of mine was like, let's do a seance and confront the spirit and so forth. And I was exhausted and tired, but my, and I was like, <laughs> I need to cancel and reschedule. And everyone's like, I can't believe you're going to reschedule. Like we need to do this seance. So I was like, oh God, I like, I go, this is not a good deal because you know, I don't feel like I have enough energy to hold the space for everyone. And there's like all the friends are going to be that you guys are not trained right. in holding space for this type of entity. So I'm going to have to hold the space and I'm already exhausted and tired. So, you know, I just like, well, you know what? If you, and they kept pushing me and pushing me and I didn't honor my truth and I went into it. And the spirit came in. I was holding the space and the spirit came and sat on the side of me and goes, 
you're full. And I go, why? And he goes, because you're not strong enough to hold the container. I've already poked holes in your container and I'm about to rip it apart. And once I do, I'm going to jump into your energy and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suck as much as I can from you. And I was like, no. And I was trying to hold the space. My whole body starts shaking. And all of a sudden, everyone's like, what's happening to you? And I was like falling down and shaking. And all of a sudden, for like two weeks, I couldn't get out of bed. Of course, that's what happens. That's what happens. It, it, it completely broke my circle. It glommed me. It's a word I came up with. Like it literally, like when you see like Ghostbusters and you see the slime, yeah, yeah. you know, it <laughs> glommed me with its energy. So all of a sudden I was in bed for two weeks. My friend's like, oh my God, are you okay? Do you have mono? Do you have that? I go, no, I have no mono. I said, what I have is a spirit that glommed me and I have to, and I, my body is trying to recover from it. Yeah, it's energy sickness. Yeah, I'm energy sick. Yeah, yeah. And people don't even know you can get energy sick. They don't even know. They don't even know. And so, like, you have got to be in a place where you can do that. No matter what that looks like to other people, that doesn't matter. That's irrelevant. Again, I say none of this is real. That's irrelevant. What they think of me doing that or saying this or being that, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I love <laughs> I that. Don't about it. I don't care. Really, and you know I don't. Oh, I mean, I, know I really you don't. don't. I that's, know not you for, don't. that's not for likes. I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Because I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's the thing that I have to care about. I can't be caring about how this looks to someone or what I say, you know, or what I do or whatever, or how offensive, you know, they find my, uh, you know, arrogant, whatever. I have to just do the job because that's what I'm doing. It's not really about anything else. I know I, I have to do what I have to do and I got to do it right. Or, or it's dangerous. I mean, that's, that's it. If you're not arrogant, it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the opposite of arrogant, <laughs> dangerous yeah, no, it's for this, true. <laughs> you know, and it does and it hurts you and it can hurt you. And then you get visitations and you get all kinds of things, you know, things that keep you up. You get what I call bad moons when you get visited from sundown to sun up. you know, all of these things that just the universe just doing its thing, patterning out, you know, you have to be ready for those kinds of things. Yes. You know, sometimes when I, and I mean, I find for myself sometimes the restrictions, even as a shaman, because we live in a world where there's all these restrictions that people have, like, you can't touch this, you can't do this, you can't do this. And when I go into an old shamanism, when you go to healing, you know, the, the shaman, he might have to stick his finger up your butt because <laughs> something, you know, there might be some craziness going on. He might dunk you in water. He yeah, might, you know, true. he might bury you in the earth and just leave your head sticking out. And all of a sudden people might put a lawsuit on me and be like, the shaman tried to bury me. <laughs> Me, you know, I mean, but, especially fingers in the butt. You might have some problems. I mean, yeah, I mean, but the thing is, is realities that humans don't understand that there's certain energies. Like, you know, for instance, like one guy came in and he was constantly, constantly um, having affairs on his on his wife. And I, he said, I don't want to be that person anymore. I said, okay. I said, but I'm going to have to go under your scrotum and push this area underneath your scrotum and pull the tentacle out and push it so that the, to the, the spirit that's there gets agitated. I'm going to have to blast it with light. So I have, I have this crystal and I'm going to hold it. It's, and it's a black kunzai. I'm going to push it right underneath your scrotum and don't freak out, but you're going to throw up and things are going to happen. You know, and so he starts throwing up and all these things are happening. He's like, oh my God, what is this? You know, <laughs> and he's like, legs are shaking and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, sometimes it's that way. But then, you know, of course, then my lawyer comes in and goes, uh, you can't be doing that. Uh, <laughs> no, nope. tell them, sorry, you can't do that work. And it's like, okay, fine. So I, you know, I stick within the parameters. But 
when you're dealing with this, when people are dealing with the Western world, they're dealing with the physical world, not even just the Western world. When I say Western world, I'm talking about the global world as well. The, the mentality of that very, like when you talk about Harry Potter, you talk about the very muggle mentality. There are things like right now, I can go out the street right now and I see all kinds of spirits walking on the street. Of course, yeah. I was in the car the other day with the Uber driver and the Uber was talking to me about me being, he asked me what I did. I told him I was a shaman and he's like, okay, well, what do you see? And I said, well. This is not the question. You know. (laughs) (laughs) question. Everyone's like, what do you see? What What do you see? You You know, and I said, well, you see how you see this street right now in LA? And he goes, yeah. I said, well, I don't just see the street and the cars. I also see the different grades of reality that existed here, such as I see dirt and I see horses and carriages and I see people walking the streets. I see what these buildings used to look like, but then I see the building now. So I go, I see all different types of dimensions and things going on. I go to a woman's house and I'm like, oh my God, you got a portal sitting in the middle of your living room. The spirits are just jumping through one by one, like, woo wee, you know? And she's like, what? What do you mean? I go, you don't feel that? You don't feel that energy? I go, put your hand over your navel. And she goes, oh my God, what is that? I go, that's the portal. But it's like, why isn't people getting the education and the knowledge to understand how the spirit world, you know, it how it is? It should be a part of our training as kids. I agree because that's when you come in with everything. Yeah, You come in with it. I mean, you come in with so much that ends up being taken from you, you know? And we should, we should we should be teaching kids if they see a deceased loved one, not to necessarily be afraid to be able to feel things out, to be able to feel it out. That's all. What is in the room with me? Is this something good? Can I move beyond my fear? If it's not something good, what do I do about that? You know, what are all of these things that I'm equipped with? And again, here comes that sense of unworthiness because the minute you start pulling those things out of children is when that unworthiness starts. Do you sell things that people can go on a website and buy where they can get like your cuz you make the most amazing candle spells? I mean <laughs> I only do that for for friends though. I don't I don't sell them. But you don't do if people can have you come and do like any kind of cleansings, you don't offer any of that? Um I was doing sessions for a while. I'm on hiatus now because uh, my my writing work um, needs love. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, no, you're an amazing writer. <laughs> um, because what I was doing was I was meeting with people uh, all week long and then d- taking people on the weekends. Uh, and it just became... No, that's too much. Too, that's too overload. Much. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was too much. So now I'm just like, you know, word of mouth recommendation friends. Like I'm still taking, you know... Like me and my Mr. Oils. Do you remember my magical <laughs> yeah, oils? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sitting at four o'clock making magical oils, waiting for the moon, waiting for I different know, things. I know, it's a lot. That's a lot. It was so much. <laughs> I was like, how can I be the shaman and make <sighs> these oils and then do all these things? It was just it's overload. too much. It's too, too much. much. And that's why I don't, that's why I don't make things for people like as a purchase item. I just make them for people when I feel like they need it, right. you know, or make them for friends or special occasions or things like that. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there is a project, a writing project that you and I um, had started that I definitely want to have a conversation with once we get out of it, once we finish this uh, I know, yeah. chair. Because that, I honestly, you know, it's really funny because I had a dream and my dream is still reco- the, the the dream of the stuff that we wrote in that whole series that we created is happening again, and I'm seeing more and more of those characters and more and more. I'm like I'm watching them and experiencing them, and the voice came to me when I woke up, and it's like you have to finish this project. This is going to change the world. You and Rachel need to c- complete the project into a book, into a TV series, and 
really, it's going to change the world. And it's, you know, everything you do, by the way, is absolutely amazing. Like anyone who gets a chance to do any work with you, thank you. It's it's next level, um, and also because one of the things that I love all the, the most about because you know I love video games and things like that. Uh-huh, yeah, is that you wrote the backstory for Tomb Raider? Yeah, right? for Lara, for Lara Croft. What was that like? It was a long time ago now because uh, I'm damn dating myself now. Um, But yeah, it was back in the time when there was just not a lot of um, backstory. There wasn't a lot of um, character story in in games at all. And I think people were very surprised at how that character took off. So I think, you know, it it was a crazy wild time, you know, when... People were like, oh my God, now we want to know, like, where did she come from? What's going on? How did this happen? How did she become a Tomb Raider? All of this. And that's what I was fortunate enough to do um, way back in the beginning of game, you know, story and internet (laughs) and everything. Um, And now, of course, they've redone it like 5,000 times. So now she has all new stories, which is good because things need to be updated. Right. I don't have... I have no issue with reboots. But I always love that. I always tell my friends, I'm like, yeah, one of my good friends, you know, she wrote the backstory of Laura <laughs> Croft. They're like, no way. It's so fun. I like that I still, I'm still the OG. <laughs> yeah, you're straight OG. Straight OG. So what are some of the other projects that you've been, uh, that you've been excited about that, you've, that you got to work on or TV shows, things like that? Yeah, so uh, most of the time what I'm doing right now, I say most of the time because it's not always is my own my own projects. So, um, with the book, you know, we, uh, I'm with, uh, MRC on the book and now we're, we're developing that into a television series and we're going to be going out with that soon. Um, I have a new Orleans based series that, uh, is also in development that I'm going out with soon. Um, so I've been very privileged to work on film and television. That's been my own, uh, recently though, I've started working on a project that I can't really talk about for like another week or so, um, that isn't my own, but it is very exorcism related and I'm very excited about it. Um, it's a feature, so, um, that should be really cool and, and unique and different, um, cause it's a little different than what I do. Right. So, uh, I'm excited about it. Doing what do you that. think about the Winchester brothers and that, what's that show called? Oh, Supernatural. Supernatural. Because when I watch that, I'm like, who, what witch and shaman have they been talking to? <laughs> because I know that spell. Where are they? How, I mean, they're I mean, tra- they're getting it's for accuracy. Um, yeah, I. Think, I mean, they're getting they're they're accurate in there. In, and in, this uh, is one of the reasons why people love that show, and it's been on forever. You know, people love that show, and they I think they do a lot of good research. Oh, I mean, they do. They do. Because I'll be sitting back, and sometimes I'll put it on because I got really into it, and I was watching, and I was like, "It's a fun oh, show." Oh my goodness, how did they get that information? Well, and I'll tell you, my experience now um, working in television and film is that a lot of people really want things to feel more authentic, which is great now, you know? So I think they're, they are bringing people on as consultants. So for example, if you're doing something about a, a priest and exorcism, you're bringing those priests on. If you're doing something about spell work, you're bringing people on who know that, you know, you're trying to put people in the writer's room that uh, actually may have knowledge of the occult when you're writing an occult show. So it's very cool. Because I like working on things that are accurate. Yeah. You know? I mean, I only like watching the stuff that's accurate. Um, I, have, I always have a fun time because um, my friend Gwyneth, her uh, husband, Brad, he does the show uh, 
what's it called? Oh, the, American Horror Story. American Horror Story. And he'll sit on the dinner table with me sometime and he'll start picking my brain. He'll, <laughs> so he'll be like, Is he paying you dollars for that? No, he's not. I know he's not. And I know he, I, I know I could ask for it, but I just, like, it's fun. I just kind of tell him all that. I tell him about, like, the spells and magic and sorcery and how, you know, how a witch would act and how they would deal with certain types of yeah, things yeah. and how possession, you know, all these different things. So we'll be in these deep conversations about, and he's like, Really? Like, oh my God. Like, and I'm like, oh yeah. But it's interesting because when I watched that show with the Winchester brothers, I was like, oh my God, did they go through my grimoire? Like, <laughs> what are they doing in my magic books from Maybe my family? Maybe the writers members? are sneaking into your stuff at night. <laughs> Or yours. Well, I mean, hello. <laughs> I mean, geez, some of the things on there, I was like, wow, look at that. Like, like when they were talking about when they draw the sigil and they would trap the spirit in the sigil. Oh, yeah, of course. Or yeah. when they use the iron and stuff like that. That's all real. Well, and you know, Buffy did a lot of that back in the day, too. I mean, I think they did a certain amount of research on that. And you know, Oh, that was one of my favorite shows. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I love that it's getting more accurate. I love that. I, I, I want too. it to be accurate as hell. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to be so. But you know what? Actually, was a little scary. There was one film that I saw. A friend took me to, and it was called "Drag Me to Hell." Oh yeah, Sam Raimi. I was like, we got to get out of here. And they're like, why? I'm like, because the spell that they're incantating right now is real. Yeah. And I do not want that on my I energy. I love that movie. <laughs> I love that movie. I remember when I saw that movie the first. In fact, I made someone watch that not that long ago, too. I was like, oh, I haven't seen this in a minute. Um, yeah, you're right, though. The, a lot of the things that they pulled were real. Yeah. I, 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 we, it's crazy because my friend, we like, she's like, oh, no, it's not going to be because I don't like, I'm not a big horror person because I live in that world. So yeah. it's just like mental. And I'm the opposite. I'm like, I have to write it all out. Well, yeah, yeah, you do, definitely. <laughs> I mean, you walk you walk those stones. But for me, like, I, I'm like, you know what? I don't need to watch a horror film. Well, of course, yeah. Because I already live in that world and I've seen some crazy things and I just kind of want to keep it nice and flushed and, you know, I'm very Disney. You know, <laughs> but a couple of times or so, a friend will say, come to the movies with me. And sure. we're sitting in the theater and that movie was playing and I was like in the chair and I was like, oh my God. And she's like, what? I'm like, I got to get out of this theater. She's like, why? I go, because that is a real spell that they're saying. That's an old gypsy curse. I'm getting out of this theater right now. I don't want no gypsy curses. They don't, don't, they don't go well. They don't go well. They do not go well. And, pe- I don't, you know, and, pe- and it's so funny because my mom, growing up, she had a gypsy grandmother who trained her in gypsy magic. And I'm just like, I just, you know, I have a lot of friends who are gypsies. And, you know, they just, uh, yeah. You don't want to just, just you do, let's just not. Yeah, let's just not. Let's just not. Let's just not. <laughs> I can handle I can handle anything voodoo. I can handle <laughs> I can handle anything Arabic. I can handle any people are getting into gin spirits and all I can handle all that. You can bring all of that. And I can handle gypsy stuff too. It's just that I'd rather not. It's uh it's not good. It's a process. <laughs> you know, it's a process. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I've dealt with some people who've had gypsy curses on them and the process of me getting it off of them was a process that I had to go through myself. And the recovery time of that process was even worse. I'm sure. So yeah, I, I mean, I'm not uh, anytime wanting to be doing that. So if you have a gypsy curse on you and you think you're going to come in and, you know, you just need to give me some time to get into my process so I can get my ancestors on the correct line and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, so I'm just so happy to to 
to have you in studio. I want to. We're gonna have to bring you back because there's more things I want to talk I know, about. We could talk forever. And we ever. could talk forever and ever. And I, there's so many more things we can go into and depths and clarities and stuff. But I'm just so grateful for the wisdom and the sharing that you've done for the tribe today. Thank and, you for having me. I'm so grateful to be here. How can people find you? I'm on Twitter and and Instagram. Uh, it's just R H Davis S T A V I S. It's like Davis with an S T, basically. Perfect. <laughs> Davis with him. an S T. I tell people and then they're like oh yeah <laughs> and, and how can people get your book oh it's everywhere amazon barnes and noble the paperback came out um a few weeks ago now so they can get it in any which way have you done an audio i did and i read it nice yeah i love it it's like my book is coming out in october Yay. and everyone's like I mean, the, and my my publisher called me he's like you know you have to go to the studio to do this audio and i'm like oh well, it was a choice for me. I didn't have to do it, but I just felt like I wanted to. And I'd never done it before. So I was like, I have no idea how this is going to go. I hope it, like, I'm good at it at all. Because <laughs> it's a whole other thing. It's a whole other thing. It's a whole other beast. But it, it, we, we did it. <laughs> nice. Nice. So, and people seem to like it. So. And the part that I'm in the book is like when we met. How much of it is? How much is? I yeah, want to get this just book. a bit. Just a bit. Because I, I never wanted to talk too much about someone in the book. Unless they were like totally cool with it. So there's yeah. no like personal, personal stuff. So it's just like a little bit. But yeah, it's about it's about when we were talking back then, when yeah. all of this stuff started coming out. Amazing. Well, thank you for including me in your book. Of course, of course. Thank you I'm so for honored. being in my I'm, life. I'm, I'm, thank you for being in mine. <laughs> and happy birthday. Thank you. I'm thank so you. honored that you, that you came into the studio today and so honored to have, to have us here in the tribe and... Please go follow uh, Rachel on Instagram. She's amazing. She's the type of person you definitely want to keep your eye on and your ears open to. She's a gift to this planet and I'm so honored. So thank you for thank being you. here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Tribe, how amazing was that? I mean, seriously, conjuring up some serious love, knowledge, wisdom, power, from the source of the powerful witch that came out of the closet with the strip tease dance. I was so excited about the whole strip tease thing with the broom out. That was just amazing. So I just want to let you all know that uh, please go follow her again. I'm going to say it again because she's a gift. And um, also, if you want to level up your powers, get on my newsletter at shamandurek.com. You can also follow me at shamandurek. And also remember, invite to ignite. That's bringing the people to the tribe, keeping this podcast and keeping people alive. And that's what it's about. And remember how powerful you are. There's no one like you. No one possesses the magic that you wield. So always keep real to who you are. And you don't owe anyone an explanation. Until next time, see you later, alligator. <laughs>